So um, I'm talking with uh, the great Trevor Rabin, uh, who just completed an amazing uh, solo album uh, that's not a film score, but has some uh, beautiful pieces and feels as it, you know, if it came from pure inspiration. But uh, thanks so much for taking the time. It's a really great honor to, to get to chat with you. Uh, it's, uh, it's great. Uh, so um, to kind of just t- touch a little bit on your uh, film composing career, you, you've built some very notable collaborative uh, pairings with, um, you know, director Rennie Harlan and uh, producer Jerry Bruckheimer. What are the differences uh, between, you know, a producer-composer relationship and and a director-composer one? You know, I feel the dynamic, you, you, you kind of get to know what the dynamic's going to be early on, the, early on on the film. Some producers don't necessarily get um, as involved in music. Um, in Jerry's case, he gets very involved in the music. And uh, with Rennie, um, they really do leave it to Rennie. He's got his own kind of ideas, and uh, they have confidence in it. So in Rennie's case, it's Rennie. Um, a movie like, um, uh, what was it called? Um, National Treasure and National Treasure 2. Uh, John Turtledub also has ideas. So there you have a collaboration of um, yourself and Jerry and John kind of talking about it as well. But they they seem to collaborate in a amenable way and uh, there doesn't seem to be a problem. I haven't had a any kind of major stick-ups yet. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you, you've, your scores have kind of defined the action genre throughout the 90s and, you know, into, well, into the 2000s and, you know, currently, um, and you've scored countless of, countless card chases, gunfights, explosions. Um, what is the key to making a good action score that you've learned over the years? Well, the, um, the one thing you know, if there's big explosions and um, fights going on, make sure you understand the music's not going to be heard very loud, so um, write it with a focus so that you, the important stuff comes through and is actually able to ride that st- stuff because sometimes it's mixed very low. Um, that that would be the one thing, and then... Uh, also, the other thing is having done so many action movies on action scenes, just, you know, there's, you, you have to find many ways to skin the cat. <laughs> have you, I mean, have you ever had to, have you ever, like, kind of listened to the final mix of a film and been disappointed that your music was mixed so low? Um, I'm, you know what, I, I, I get more, more upset about, um, on every film that, Oh, I, I, you know, I, I, I didn't, I could have written that a little better there, and I'm always kind of criticizing what I've done, so I don't really have much time. But there was one movie which I found, I can't remember which one it was, I found a little disappointing that the music was written so, uh, written so low. I had more, and then you know sometimes you get, you get, um, I just finished a pilot now, and they've put the music really quite loud. And uh, it was surprising. So um, each 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 person has a different way of mixing and a different formula and uh, way of doing it. Right. And uh, so now you've you've taken a, a break from film scoring with uh, your new album Jacaranda. Uh, and what what inspired you to do this? You know, instrumental album. You know, with film scoring, 
I didn't get to play um, and kind of challenge my chops, if you like, um, a lot with film. Although there were, you know, always um, I was always playing, but I was writing and be, being the architect of the music more than performing it. Um, and then obviously you go to orchestra with the movies I've been doing. Most of them go to orchestra, and then the orchestra play what you've written. Um, and I, you know, I'm a guitarist and a keyboard player, and I, I really wanted to play. And um, I hadn't done an album for so long. I decided I'm, I'm not even going to do an album. I'm just going to start writing, and playing, and just having a ball basically. And that's kind of what I did. And um, pretty soon into it, I realized it was going to be an instrumental record because I was just writing this stuff and I wasn't thinking about putting um, vocals on. So um, that happened very early on. And then I really started focusing on it um, soon after and uh, realized that I was just going to write what I wanted to write. And um, I would worry about putting it together afterwards. And there's three drummers on it. My son Ryan is on it, and, and Vinnie Kaliuda's on it, and, and Lou Molina. And um, the, the other thing was getting time to record was also difficult because, you know, doing movies, uh, it's it's pretty hectic a, a lot of the time. And uh, I know, um, but you know, I grabbed two weeks here, two weeks there, and. Um, I've been doing it for quite a while, but then last year I decided, you know, if I'm going to get this finished, I've got to really take some time to concentrate on, uh, concentrate on it and get it done. And uh, yeah, as I say, I had a ball doing it. And uh, so, I mean, what's different, I guess, uh, emotionally about writing music without picture? You know, if a score is inspired by the plot, the setting, the character, then so where did this music come from? To from within you? Well, it, it, that's a good question because I f had forgotten what it's like to write without pictures. So I wasn't sure what it was going to be like. And so when, it, so when I started, it was definitely a curiosity. And um, I have got to the point now where if you put picture in front of me, and you know, I'll write something. <laughs> it's almost automatic. Yeah. Um, but there's a there's a Zen place that you can go to when you're just writing music. It's a, it's a good place, and um, it is uh, you know with no picture and no other ideas. It's such a very intense focus for me. And uh, but even, but I I did notice though that a little piece of your uh, your score from The Guardian kind of snuck in there. And uh, did, did how did that fit in there? And did you did you rework that? That piece and why oh yeah, I, com I completely redid it, and um, I also wrote in uh, guitars to kind of bookend the piece. Mm -hmm. And um, I always loved the way Liz uh, sang that, that piece, and so she came in and redid that. And uh, um, I just thought it was appropriate for that to go on where it, where it is on the album, because mm -hmm. the album most of the time is going at 100 miles an hour and this is just kind of pull back and and uh, I like the idea of, of what it is, rescue and uh, I thought it was just appropriate there. It is, and she is, her voice is amazing. So she came in, she pre, she re-recorded as a brand new recording? Right. Oh, wow. And uh, and you're talking about kind of the flow of the album. So, how, I mean, 
you're you're writing these these pieces, these tracks, and uh, so and I love the whole flow of the album. It really flows so well. Uh, so when oh, you great. when you compile it, how do you decide the track order and the structure? And what did what did you want it to have? What kind of flow did you want it to have? Well, I put together uh, four or five different very um, versions of it and and listened back and. And uh, it was quite simple, actually. Once I hit on the version that there is now, I thought that was that was the one. But it was also int- interesting because uh, on albums before, um, I'd been very conscious about, you know, in the old days with LPs, you were very conscious about the running order and, you know, you've, you've got the one side and then you've got the other side and, you know, people might be reading these lyrics uh, and... Uh, credits on these you know these big albums mm-hmm. um so running order was uh, part of the art and um that's kind of gone away a little bit with iTunes and you know people just being able to buy one song and not really concerned about the flow of the album but right. I really did concern myself with it on on this album and uh once I came to uh the, the flow that's there, I, I, I realized, well, it's that's where it's staying, and uh, no, there it is. <laughs> well, it really, I listened to it, I was kind of, I was really surprised with how well it flowed, and, and how much imagery there was, because I'm not, I'm not a musician, I, your, your music, you know, when I was growing up, kind of helped me develop my screenwriting skills more than it was on that, you know, music side, wow. so, um, but, it's very visual music, and I, I really love it. It's really great. Great, thank you. Uh, what's the 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 background of the name Jacaranda? What's the origin of that? Well, um, I was I, I was born in Johannesburg, and around Johannesburg and Pretoria, there are just thousands of jacaranda trees all over the mm-hmm. place, and it's it's forever been my favorite tree. And someone mentioned to me, although I haven't looked it up or diligently got into it, but mentioned that the jacarands is the tree of knowledge, which I, I like the idea. So even if he's wrong, I'm calling it that. <laughs> and um, it's just such a beautiful, uh, you know, beautiful tree. And my studio, uh, also gr- growing up with it, it, it lines either side of the, the, the street I was born, uh, I, I grew up in. Uh, which is called Annerley Road, which is one of the road, um, and it's in the video. I've done a video of Annerley Road, and it's, it's tons, tons of jacaranda trees all over. Um, and so, yeah, it just became, you know, an important tree, and um, and I love the word, just as a word. And my studio uh, for film scoring, and even for um, quite a lot of Yes stuff I did, is is called the Jacaranda Room. So I just just thought it would be cool to call it Jacaranda. Well, uh, it's I, I do really love it. It's a, a great, uh, you know, kind of break from, even though it feels so much like your music. It just it it's just I feel like it's pure inspiration through it, and it's just you know, I really, it's a really great album. Oh, thank you so much. And uh, so I guess to to wrap things up, I always like to ask composers if you could score any movie ever made with no disrespect to the original composer you know all humbleness aside what what, what film would you choose <laughs> wow that's a great question um, um let me think
I think the longest yard, uh, the uh, the longest day was particularly uh, would I, I saw as a great opportunity. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I don't think anyone. Yeah, no one has said that. So that's a that's a great answer. Uh, I would, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, I was I saw that as just such a visual uh, opportunity. Well. Um, that's a great answer. Uh, it's been such a, a real pleasure to talk to you, uh, Trevor, again. And uh, so I, I hope we get to do this sometime again. You've been such a musical inspiration to me in a different way. So I, I do thank you for this time. Well, I appreciate that. And thanks for the kind words. And uh, it was great talking to you. Mm-hmm.